0: Sue, that was my mom, um, she walked the rare disease space with me. Her heart ached as much as mine did when Michaela was diagnosed, each time Michaela was hospitalized, and when her little body could no longer fight against the disease. My family is my everything, especially my mom. She had no idea how to start a nonprofit foundation, spearhead research, and navigate a board of directors, but she quickly equipped herself with the knowledge and surrounded herself key opinion leaders, which I think is really important. Sue knew she could never return Michaela to me, but she could try and improve the diagnostic tools and science to help future families. She wanted to create this legacy as a way to honor her granddaughter.
1: Today, we welcome Stacey Pike-Langenfeld to the Newborn Screening Spotlight. For many years, Stacey and her family has championed Newborn Screening Research in profound ways through their foundation called the Legacy of Angels Foundation. Stacy is currently the executive director of the foundation, which was established in 2008 by Stacy's parents, Paul and the late Sue Rosenau. The foundation helps to advance research by bringing world experts together to discover innovation in screening, diagnosis, treatment, and lifelong care. Stacy is also the president and co-founder of Crabbe Connect, which is focus on engaging the patient care model between patients, patient advocacy groups, clinicians, researchers, industry, and government. In this episode, Stacey will share her story on how her family intertwines with the rare disease research and newborn screening. She will also highlight the annual meetings and discuss ways that you can help advance newborn screening research. Be inspired, by their mission to increase awareness and access to rare disease research. Hello, this is the Newborn Screening Spotlight. This podcast is about the advancement of rare disease research, told by health professionals, researchers, parents, and advocates. This podcast is for you to learn how newborn screening research saves the lives of babies every day through the discovery of new technology and treatment. You will hear stories from experts who treat babies, the families who care for them, and the researchers who make it all happen. We are your co-hosts. I am Dr. Ki-Chan. And I'm Dr. Amy Brower. We're from
2: the Newborn Screening Translational Research Network, also known as the mds Our work is supported by one of the institutes at the National Institutes of Health in Bethesda, Maryland, called the Eunice Kennedy Shriver National Institute of Child Health and Human Development, also known as NICHD. Dr. Chan and I are from the American College of Medical Genetics and Genomics, also known as ACMG, and ACMG leads the MBSTRN. Screening babies saves lives every day, and research advances newborn screening by developing new technologies to screen, diagnose, and treat. MBS-TRN helps accelerate research by creating tools, resources, and expertise for researchers, doctors, families,
1: patients, and advocates. To learn how you can help advance newborn screening research, advocate for rare disease screening and treatment, Important discovery, become a member of the Newborn Screening Translational Research Network by visiting our website at www.mbstrn.org.
2: Thank you for joining us today, Stacy. You're the executive director of the Legacy of Angels Foundation. Can you tell our audience how the Legacy of Angels Foundation came to be?
0: Uh, it's an interesting story, uh, Dr. Brower. thank you so much for being here for one. On April 28th, actually, of 2008, I I had given birth to my daughter, Allison, and my mom was able to see Allison being born. However, my dad could not be a part of the birth due to work, obviously. My parents traveled to my house on Saturday, May 3rd, and my dad was so excited to meet Allison. However, he had a habit of purchasing a lottery ticket when it was at a significant amount. So my dad stopped in a nearby town and purchased one lottery ticket. We, he came up and we enjoyed the day together and then they went home. On Sunday, I remember watching the news and they identified a winner in Northfield, Minnesota. I immediately thought, huh, I wonder if that's where my dad bought his ticket. I really didn't actually dwell on it too much as I was in awe of my healthy daughter. Come to find out on Monday... May 4th, it was true, my dad did buy the winning ticket. The announcement of the winning ticket was on May 4th, which coincided with the fifth anniversary of Michaela's death date. So we found that quite remarkable and it really provided my parents with great clarity on how the purpose of these funds were to be used. They were chosen to be good stewards of the funds and they have been gifted to advance the science around Crab disease through this foundation.
2: That's an amazing story, Stacey. So just so I've got it straight. So you had your first daughter. Um, Your dad um, bought a lottery ticket when he was coming to visit you. And your daughter was affected with Krabbe disease. Um, And then your dad and mom founded a foundation to advance research for Krabbe disease.
0: Actually, it was my second daughter. So... Michaela was born April 8th, 2001, and passed away May 4th, 2003. Allison came five years later, and it was during that time, a couple weeks after she was born, that he had purchased the ticket. Not actually a couple weeks, excuse me, it was only a few days. (laughs) A few days after she was born, he had purchased the ticket on his way up to meet his second granddaughter, who um, we assumed were was healthy. Uh, we were still waiting on the newborn screening test, but was notified as the winner on the fifth anniversary that Michaela had passed away.
2: Wow! What an
0: amazing story. Yes, I. Um, it's hard to even understand the impact. And the feeling that whole situation you just never think that that's ever going to be something that you encounter i mean you hear about the odds every day on, on the um, ability to even be a winner in um, the lottery and to have it happen on such an impactful day um, we just knew we were set up to be good stewards of that money to really propel crab disease research forward
1: well stacy that's such a powerful story. I just echo what Dr. Brow said that to do with the fund. It sounds to me like your entire family has played an important role in founding and operating the legacy of Angels Foundation for many years. Your mother's efforts are especially well known in the Newborn Screen community and rare disease community. And what an incredible legacy. How does her memory guide your efforts today? Sue, that was my mom, um, she walked the rare disease space with me. Her heart
0: ached as much as mine did when Michaela was diagnosed, each time Michaela was hospitalized, and when her little body could no longer fight against the disease. My family is my everything, especially my mom. She had no idea how to start a nonprofit foundation, spearhead research, and navigate a board of directors, but she quickly equipped herself with the knowledge and surrounded herself with Key opinion leaders, which I think is really important. Sue knew she could never return Michaela to me, but she could try and improve the diagnostic tools and science to help future families. She wanted to create this legacy as a way to honor her granddaughter.
2: Stacy, how have how's the foundation efforts changed over the years?
0: The first few years of the organization, we really focused on networking. There's a big steep hill in learning about the gaps in research and uh, uh, newborn screening and what needs to be done to impact change. I think the Crebé disease pilot study in New York taught our community a great deal on where we were falling short. We needed to improve our diagnostic tools. We needed to improve stem cell transplant outcomes. We also needed to identify a reliable biomarker all while hoping, and we did this, all while hoping to stumble upon a cure. We also learn that processes and procedures are really important. State newborn screening labs and or task force are challenged by budgets, staffing, and training. So you must have a diagnostic tool that is nearly 100% effective in identifying which patients have disease and which do not. When you have that accomplished, you need to clearly show improvement with treatment as a as a result of early identification. If that's not enough, states prefer that all the testing and treatment are done within the boundaries of their own state. So it, it takes a lot of people doing a lot of things right and working together and sharing
1: resources to really impact change over time. Stacey, your team is growing. Do you have advice for patients, parents, families, and advocates who would like to start similar efforts related to conditions that have impacted their families? Oh my gosh, that's so
0: right. Key, we are thrilled to welcome our newest member, Dr. Anthony Steyermark. He was appointed as our medical director in September of 2021. His depth of knowledge and experience in state newborn screening labs, access to newborn screening follow-up, his time spent in academia, as well as some database management, is like seriously like winning the lottery for us again. There's no one person that can make change happen, but when you build a team of key opinion leaders to help you properly navigate what's vital in breaking down barriers, what gaps in research need to be filled now, and what's important to the patients, success organically happens. My recommendation to anyone starting a local nonprofit, or spearheading newborn screening, equip yourself with a collaborative team. I truly see my role in A disease arena as a professional networker. I spend most of my days pulling teams of people together, asking them to share knowledge and resources to help our patients live a life undefined by A disease.
2: Stacy, you're also the president and co-founder of Krabbe Connect. What is Crabbe Connect? And you, can you tell us a little bit about how that organization works with the Legacy of Angels Foundation?
0: Thank you, Dr. Bauer, for that uh, question. I, I actually appreciate this question because I think a lot of people have that in their minds. And I'm sure to the layperson and perhaps to even our community, it appears a bit confusing. So the Legacy of Angels Foundation are we call it (laughs) TLO, is a private nonprofit foundation with a dual mission. We work to advance education, newborn screening, and the science around Krebe disease and cystic fibrosis. Both are considered rare conditions. Crabbe Connect is a public nonprofit foundation solely focused on reaching a day in which each patient receives an early diagnosis, has access to state-of-the-art care, and lives a life free of Krebe disease. I explain them in more simple terms as such. They are separate organizations with separate missions and board of directors. TLOF is like a mini NIH, our National Institute of Health. They solely focus on funding research and driving therapies to the bedside of patients, new therapies. Crabbe Connect is the patient advocacy and patient support to help reduce the burden on Crabbe disease for families and patients.
1: Well, thank you for clarifying how the two organizations work together. Um, the legacy of Angel Foundation filed for Crab disease to be added to the Minnesota Newborn Screening Panel in December 2021. And a vote will likely occur in the June of 2022. Newborn Screening for Crab is also under review on a national level. Could you tell us a little bit more about how submitting to a state advisory panel differs from a submission to the federal advisory board? which recommends screening for all states and the district of Columbia.
0: Sure, obviously so the recommended uniform screening panel or also known as the rust rust nomination is at the federal level. And so they review conditions and make recommendations to all 50 states on what they should be screening. Now, obviously these are recommendations, but they do not make it mandatory for screening. It is up to the states to screen. So if you're looking to submit a RUSS nomination, I would be prepared to spend several years compiling data and a team to ensure your condition meets the criteria. And that criteria can be found on www.HRSA.gov. Krebs A disease was submitted to the RUSS also in 2009 and it was denied. It was denied because we could not definitively identify patients with Krebs A disease, and there was a lot of concern around the mode of treatment, which at the time was stem cell transplant. For local efforts within each own state, it looks a little bit different. I really encourage nonprofits and or parent advocates to align themselves with key experts in their state that can advocate for the screening. You also need to identify specialists who are willing to receive positive newborn screening tests to help the families navigate the next steps. Then families and nonprofit groups need to share their stories and support the application. And finally, don't forget to add someone from your state's Congress or legislature. It can be quite impactful having their support when applying.
2: So it sounds like, Stacy, you have really taken both approaches, the national approach and the state-based approach. So do you have advice for other groups interested in submitting their conditions for review? Any tips on the best approach, state or national, or both?
0: I think there is this census that things are changing in newborn screening. You don't always need RUSP approval to start advocating in your local state. Is it helpful? It can be, but it doesn't mean that it won't get added to the panel. I think that as we continue to move newborn screening forward, we're going to see an expansion, a large expansion, because we're getting better about identifying disease. We're getting better about finding modes of treatment to help patients who are identified early. And with that, I think states are going to be more ambitious in adding them to their panel because it is in the long term going to save them money and it is going to be in the best interest of the patient and family. And so the goal of any state advocacy newborn screening committee is really to ensure the health and welfare of their citizens. And they can do so by adding those conditions. But they will be rigorously evaluated and ensuring that proper identification and proper modes of treatment are available before doing so. With the RUSP, it can be a bit of a more cumbersome process because it goes through different levels of authorization and so there are times where um, you will be asked for more data, more information. So it could take a year, maybe even longer for a condition to be approved at the Rust level. And don't be discouraged, even though at the Rust level in like we were denied in 2009, don't be discouraged. Continue to use that information to help fill those gaps and then keep going back don't, it's just because it's, they're saying no, it just means no for right now. It doesn't mean no as long as you continue to move this space forward.
1: Stacy, the work of the Legacy of Angels Foundation has always informed the work of the Newborn Screening Translational Research Network, also known as MBS-TRN. So thank you so very much. Are there activities and efforts that you'll like to see MBS-TRN facilitate as you work toward these new goals? Yeah, I think
0: it's always valuable to have a conduit between organizations. Sometimes some um, spaces or rare disease spaces have multiple nonprofit organizations working to advance the disease space. And it can be purposeful to have a central entity where it brings everyone together. So I see MBS Tier N being that conduit or neutral ground for multiple organizations working in a similar disease space. I also think too that that we are kind of missing the boat with regards to newborn screening education. When families are expecting, it's already too late. They're overwhelmed with pregnancy. They're overwhelmed with getting and preparing their nursery and the changes that are gonna be happening in their life. I would welcome efforts to advance education in the primary years of children's lives. We spend time uh, talking about sex, drugs, and alcohol, but I would be curious to see how adding newborn screening and teaching it in the primary level education, such as high school, how that could benefit you know, knowing about it before they even get pregnant.
2: Wow, that's a really great idea. Thank you for that. That's definitely something we'd love to follow up on and thinking about new ideas and new ways to get information about newborn screening and the benefit out to all these different age groups. I think that's a wonderful idea. Maybe maybe you guys should write a children's <laughs> book. That would be awesome.
0: That <laughs> sounds amazing, Dr. Yeah, Brown. Oh my gosh. That would be great.
2: Let's team up on that. Okay, that sounds <laughs> <Yeah>. fantastic.
0: <laughs> so
2: so you're full of great ideas, Stacey. And every year, the you host a meeting of experts where everybody gets to share emerging ideas and gets to meet families and patients and parents that are actually impacted by Krebe disease. So coming up in March you have your CREB Translational Research Network meeting. It's March 16th through the 18th in 2022. Could you share a little bit about the agenda with our listeners? And if some listeners are listening to this podcast after the meeting, is there a way to learn more about your annual meeting and to access the discussions that were had?
0: Most definitely. So the KTRN meeting is really about bringing all the efforts in the disease space together. There was this old way of doing things where each academic institution was heading up their own. And now I think there's more consensus over collaborative drive to really share knowledge, share resources, because in the end, we're all working for the patient. And so this year is quite robust because we will be uh, having conversations around gene therapy, what that's going to look like in CRAB A disease. There's two clinical trials currently open so we will get updates on that. We will also be talking a lot about newborn screening uh, as we have 10 states currently testing. Um, What lab, what the state labs are experiencing, how follow-up is going, and we will also be directly hearing from patients and caregivers themselves on the newborn screening experience. And to top it all off, we will be hosting a focus group and our stakeholders meeting to really start the conversation on how to fill some of these gaps that are happening in our space today that are really impacting care and knowledge at the patient and caregiver level. And during the KTRN meeting, we recognize Sue Rosenau, the co founder, by honoring an individual who has advanced work in the newborn screening space, cystic fibrosis, or Crab A disease. And we do so because she's made such an impact on her efforts to organize this organization to spearhead the work in cystic fibrosis and A disease. And they can go to find these, find out registration and more information either on org or at the Legacy of Angels Foundation Facebook page. All the details are there. And if you have trouble there as well, feel free to send an email at info at tloaf, org, And we will help you navigate that. Stacy.
2: Tilov also studies cystic fibrosis and newborn screening for cystic fibrosis. Can you tell us a little bit about the focus that you have for newborns who are identified with CF?
0: Yes, thank you so much, Doctor Barrow, for asking that. You know, CF is also um, something that is near and dear to our hearts, and the reason it's part of our mission is because it's also part of the co-founders' genetics, and so. Not only are there carriers for Crab A disease, but they are also carriers for cystic fibrosis. So that rare disease means just as much to us as Crab A disease. So with that, we know that there is a large organization out there, large CF foundation, that is very doing amazing work. So we really looked for ways to fill smaller gaps in, in that space. And one we have found is really around identifying the proper treatments for uh, cystic fibrosis patients very early on so with cystic fibrosis it's actually screened in all 50 states which which is amazing and we hope crab a disease gets to that point but what can happen is there is a many products on the market And some work really well with the patient's DNA and some do not. But it can take years to understand that it's not doing well in the patient. And over that time, they can incur damage to their lungs. And so we have spent um, some dollars towards understanding the whole genome and how that impacts on what medicines a, um, a patient is put on. And so we've really worked hard to understand that the medicines that they're put on sooner work well with their genetic components so that to preserve that lung function as best as
1: possible. Well, Stacey, thank you so much for sharing your story and, and your organization hosting this upcoming meeting to invite all these different stakeholders to advance rare disease research. Um, as we're coming up close to the end of our interview... We always like to ask our podcast guests our signature question, and that is, what does newborn screening research mean to you? Newborn screening research to me can be really summed up
0: in, I believe, one word, access. Early identification means access to therapies at the earliest point in disease. However, I just want to be clear that newborn screening does not reduce the burden of the disease. The purpose of early identification is early access to therapies. Patient advocacy organizations should be creating programs and services to mitigate the burden of the disease. And so I think they really work hand in hand.
2: Wow, that's such an amazing focus. So that really helps us really realize the promise of newborn screening, which, as you said, is access to early identification and access to the right treatment to achieve the best possible outcomes. That's really inspiring.
0: You 100% have it right, Dr. Brower. You summed it up all in one sentence. Thank you for listening to this
2: episode of Newborn Screening Spotlight. If you like our podcast, please subscribe and share an episode with your colleagues, friends, and family. Get involved. Stay informed. Help us advance discoveries. Together, Together...
1: Let's Let's increase increase the impact impact of newborn newborn screening research by listening to your stories.